show is the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. Donna goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling 25-20. Got a block for Brown. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Trubisky's going to run it. And he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky to the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring. Steamboat's got him up. A slam. The Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from Chicago. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. That's the telephone number. Hit me up on Instagram, IGJHood, on Snapchat, SnapJHood, as we broadcast live. From our first Midwest bank studios. It's the way banking is supposed to be. We'll hear from Jesse Rogers, who covers the Cubs for ESPN. Everyone coming up at the bottom of the hour here on ESPN 1000. Also, one question. You know, some people just don't have time for a full interview weeknights, but they do have time for one question. We have a we have an NBA champion that's going to stop by for one question. How about that? Summer of football, every night at 8 o'clock, we give you something pro, something college, give you something fantasy. We have it for you for summer of football right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll give that to you coming up at 8 o'clock. Also, tales from the hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. Also, we'll hear from friend of the program, Chris Kampka. Chris Kampka from NBC Sports Chicago always has some great uh, news and notes for us regarding both teams, the Cubs and the White Sox. So Chris will stop by with his baseball expertise coming up at 9-10. And let me check the calendar. Hold on a second. Hold on. July 25th. That means it's a Thursday. So if it's a Thursday on Under the Hood, that means it's a... Throwback Thursday, right here on ESPN 1000. And I don't have to say, as Eric, as you well know, we don't never have to say, oh, it's a good one this week because it's good every single week. See? See, anytime someone says, we're going to have fun with this one. No, 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 had fun every time. Every, every, every Throwback Thursday is fun. So is, this is not one in particular. They're always very good. We have not had a dud yet. Let's, we're going to keep that streak rolling. They've <laughs> all been fun and engaging thus far. If nothing else works in this program, Throwback Thursday definitely is a winner. <laughs> throwback. throwback Thursday has a zero ERA. I'm going to tell you that right now. So we will have Throwback Thursday for you coming up at 935 and playing time for your thoughts as well. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Hope that you enjoyed your Thursday. Hope that you enjoy your Thursday night. I'm with you until 10 o'clock. Then it is uh, the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad to have you in. Again, we're here from Jesse at the bottom of the hour. Um, yes, Israel Gutierrez. Yes, he was in with Stu Gotts today. That's what it was today. Um, I, uh, 
I look at the Cubs. Let's start here because the Cubs are off today. And I thought that Sahad of Sharma wrote a really interesting piece on the Athletic.com. If you have not seen this, check this out, the Athletic.com. With less than a week until the trade deadline, the Cubs need some relief. A 7-1 start out of the break made it look like the Cubs were ready to take control of the National League Central. It was not the case, however. And what Sahada was going into is talking about how the Cubs promptly lost three straight before winning 4-1 to Wednesday in San Francisco. Uh, and still they did some things right. Here's some positives for you when it comes to the Cubs. Some positives for you is that they hit 412 with runners in scoring position and didn't make any errors in the entire series. Okay, so just bookmark that. That a team that's been shaky defensively, especially in the second half, uh, coming through defensively. Uh, and 412 with running in scoring position. One of the things that's been an issue, runs in scoring position for this Cubs team. Things working out well. Some key relievers' struggles meant that the front office is likely going to be targeting some multiple pitchers before the trade deadline of July 31st. That is true. Um, But here's what you saw. You saw this season the difference between this year and last year when it comes to quality depth. I just want to look back to last year very briefly about the Cubs, right? So last year, the common lineup for the Cubs is what we see a lot. Like, Wilson Contreras, Rizzo, Baez, Russell was the everyday shortstop, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Albert Almora, and Jason Hayward. But last year, the Cubs had Ben Zobrist as a utility man. They had Ian Happ as a guy that they could rely on, and David Bodie, and Victor Caratini, and Tommy LaStella, Daniel Murphy. There's name Chris Jimenez was out there for a little bit. There was a backup catcher. Terrence score. Uh, there's a number of guys that were on the roster last year that the Cubs were able to implement. Now we look at this year, the lack of quality depth. It's a huge concern for the Cubs because Wilson Contreras is back from the injured list and sending Addison Russell down to AAA Iowa. It's the first step in making this team better. That's for sure. But I will contend that the core should be better and be able to maintain first place and keep the Cubs uh, in first place to get to the playoffs. Yes, it is important to be able to have some players off the bench that can help you, but that can't be the entire reason. I I will not say that the lack of depth is the crutch that I will hold on to to say the Cubs can't get it done because there is no Ian Happ that's available. He's now at the ball club, going to be with the ball club soon here. But the point is, is that it's more than just Ben Zobris, Ian Happ, Tommy LaStella, Daniel Murphy. Yeah, you like to have interchange some of those players from time to time, but the bottom line is is that ESPN 1000's Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Javier Baez and Contreras when he's healthy and Schwarber and Almora and Hayward, that's the core of the team. That core of the team should be good enough to be able to get the Cubs in the playoffs. But the thing that really resonates with me with this team is the lack of magic with this team. Um, the lack of magic, because we've seen this over the past few years under Joe Madden where you see some special plays. You know, sports, as you and I both know, is about luck, right? It's about luck and opportunity and how they both meet. So there's some times where a defense lets down, the Cubs open the door, they can win games. There's a time where the pitching staff comes in and exactly gives you what you're looking for. You have timely hitting. Those things happen in baseball. But some of the negative things, especially defensively with this team, how some of the relief pitching lets down, that just shows you that the magic is, is not quite there. Some other positives, though, that the Cubs can hang their hat on as we talk about the Cubs with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app is 
Steve Ciszek. 2.53 ERA, but he's tied for third in the National League with 48 appearances. And unless the Cubs add at least one more reliever for Madden to call up upon in the high leverage situations, he runs the risk of getting burned out by even before October. And you know, Sodom writes that in that article, and I thought that was very well said. Ciszek has a rubber arm, but can he be as effective in September when you really need him to solidify yourself as the division champion. Pedro Strope, the guy with his hat to the side, struggling. Kinsler might be the guy that's going to have to step up and move forward. Rowan Wick, you know, you take a look at him. There's a guy there with a 97-mile-off fastball. Maybe Wick is the guy. But Strope's struggles are odd if you look at the peripherals. His strikeout rate is, is at 26%. His walk rate's at 8%. His swinging strike rate is uh, 16%. And they're all his best since 2016. So what's the problem? Well, in key spots, as of late, he's been unreliable. Here's where I want to host this show so bad on ESPN. The show's called Number, Sometimes Lumbers Lie. <laughs> Used to be no, Numbers Never Lie. Sometimes Numbers Lie. Those numbers are positive for Pedro Strope I just told you about. Swing rate, walk rate, strikeout rate, all those things, right? But you can see as of late that he's his forcing fastball not exactly where it needs to be. And so and that's where you are. And it's it's one of those things when you're watching this Cubs team, as I mentioned, you're looking to see whether or not there's going to be some kind of spot in this in the schedule where you look at it and say, Yep. This is when they took off. This is when they really turned the corner. It happens in baseball at times. Will it happen for this Cubs team? That's a big question. Uh, some thoughts now regarding the uh, the Cubs from Joe Madden. Because the Addison Russell story is interesting. I said at the time, with Addison Russell going through his domestic violence issues that he had in, in his home and his relationship, there are more times than not you will have teams that will turn the page. So you know what? Maybe it's best that you go someplace else. Or maybe we're just going to bury you in the organization. But it shows you the kind of season the Cubs have had where they are relying on Addison Russell. We need you defensively. We need you to give you the key base hits. And then you saw some brain farts out there from Addison Russell. Who knows if you're getting 100% of Addison Russell mentally as well as physically based on everything he's gone through. And I don't care about the robotic press conferences and the things that he said. That doesn't matter. Can you play? That's the question. If it's my team, he doesn't play for my team. But the Cubs were able to go look at Addison Russell's situation and say, we need the player, which is really odd to me. There are some teams that will look at great players that's gone through issues off the field and try to keep them and try to hold on to them as much as possible. This team tried to hold on to Addison Russell, want to be the martyr, trying to hold on to Addison Russell, saying, you know what, we know you've gone through some issues, but we're, we're behind you. Yeah, but he's not the same player. Just not. So Joe Madden with his thoughts about Addison Russell now, after everything he's gone through, now he's sent down to Iowa. It's just good for him uh, as, as much as anything. We just need to get him back to the player that he had been. And I talked to him about that uh, inside there. Um, just, just go back the mental clock, 15, 16, what he did for this organization and how important he was to the 15 success. <clears throat> and then... What he did in 16 into the playoffs. He had a great playoffs in the World Series. So that's the Addison we're used to seeing. And, you know, he had some issues last year, obviously, going into this year. And he just hasn't been able to recapture that form. So at this point, with everything considered, 
we thought it was the best to get him back uh, to, to get some regular at-bats. Hopefully clear his, hair, his head up a little bit. Um, running the bases, getting the signs, the focus returning. Because, um, listen, again, he was so important to what we did several years ago, and we believe that he's going to do that again for us. But under, the, under these conditions, playing him sporadically, it's not going to happen. This is, uh, I think we've asked two in two different scenarios the last two days about kind of the urgency of the moment right now with yep. this team as you guys go into August. Big part of the schedule, the whole thing. I mean, it's all part of like the... the you guys are beyond messages being right. sent, but nonetheless, I don't think you can not see this as like, hey, man, this matters right well, now. Honestly, I mean, for him to be here playing like he can is the better uh, deal for us and for him. Uh, but it's it really uh, it does come down to him, I think, first and us second. We we. He's just not going to be able to contribute um, unless he's able to play like we had talked about in the past. So it, it's hard to imagine that based on what he's been doing and, and the time I can dole out to him that he's going to re- regain that form. So you, you've got to get him in a situation where he can regain the form. Man can continue to speak around it all he wants. It's just, you can just tell this is not it. This is, I mean, so now you're... Now, only you're waiting for him to come back and give you something, but also now you're waiting for Ben Zobrist. Zobrist, there's your idea. Is Zobrist mentally ready to go back? Everything he's gone through personally. It's just, it's just not great this season. It just isn't. First place team. And I want to make sure that we draw a line to this team to Boston, this team to New York, this team to Los Angeles with the Dodgers. I'm drawing a line with the Cubs with those other three teams. That This team with Philadelphia. Here's the difference. This team with Boston. Because we're talking about a first-place team. And I know there might be some that are saying, so why are you so, not hard, but just why are you questioning the first-place ball club? Because it's 2019. And the expectations is about the World Series. And the Cubs don't look like a World Series team. Not even close. When I'm watching other teams like the Yankees and that matchup against the Twins, when I'm watching the Dodgers and how they're able to fight back, when I'm watching some of these other teams that are seriously contending, Cubs don't look anything like that. And they do have the talent. They do have the personnel. You want to add on by the deadline? Sure. But what about the core? Where is the magic from the core? That's why this feels like first place team, a division champion, but I don't know what happens after that. I don't see a path forward to the Cubs winning multiple playoff games uh, in the postseason. It just doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it. Just doesn't feel like it. And again, on paper, sure, but otherwise, if you're waiting for someone that needs to 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 trade, if you're waiting for someone that's available via trade to jumpstart the team, that's a shame because this team as is should be good enough. And and so that's. Uh, it's interesting because after all this we're talking about, right, this also is a path forward for Joe Madden to get fired at the end of the season. And then where are you? Nothing's guaranteed after that. Remember, as I said, when Theo and Jed got here, the windows opened through 2021. You got one World Series championship. It should be several in this era. And if it's not, it's a disappointment. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let me switch over to the Bears here because... Training camp is open, and again, we'll have summer football coming up for you at the uh, top of the hour here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. I saw something from Bill Barnwell. Here it is. Bill Barnwell. There it is. Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com. 
Don't be surprised if the Bears take away rate nosedives. I have been one to say, and I've said this since we've been talking football since March or April on this program, I said that I'm optimistic about the Bears. I don't believe in, well, they were good last year, and so this year that means they're going to take a, a turn. They're not going to take a turn. I think that they're going to be just fine. John Vincent, there he is, my favorite singer, walking by. Is he going to sing the anthem for us? No. Um, don't be surprised if the Bears take away a rate nosedives. Here's what Bill Barnwell says. When I wrote last summer about how the Bears were one of the league's most likely teams to improve, I mentioned that a key driver of their improvement was likely to be in their interception rate. So he talks about Kyle Fuller and talks about the defensive DVOA and how, you know, and some things there. But he's looking at the Bears and says that the Bears comfortably lead the, led the league in interception rate and total picks after their 27. The only other team was 18 picks with the Dolphins. But he believes that the Bears, with their ranked number one defense of 2018, will take a turn. And I've seen some of the prop bets. I've seen some of the things on the Bears where it, I've seen it at 9. I've seen it as high as 10. But no one is around 12 wins when it comes to the Bears' upcoming season. Well, take my money. If I'm going to be wrong, just take my money. Because And here's why. Unless there's injuries, why should the Bears be worse than they were last year? And, and worse meaning single digits with wins. Why should they be? Uh, why should I look at them as nine and seven? Why should I look at them as nine and seven? Why can't they, if they're going to lose a few more games if they're ten and six, they're still good enough to get you to the playoffs, right? Unless there's injuries that you and I don't know about, why can't the Bears' defense be as strong? I have a source that talked to Chuck Pagano at a golf outing recently. Several sources. That's and Pagano was asked about the Bears' defense. And Pagano says, as long as I don't screw it up, I think that we'll be fine. Meaning that I'm moving out of the way. And why, sh- why should you move out of the way? I-, I just don't want this narrative around October of saying, hey, you know, we really could have used Vic Fangio in that spot. We lost 13 to 10. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Because, you know, coaches, they change all the time. Either they get a, a, a head coaching job or get another defensive coaching job or they move to college. Vic Fangio was Really, really solid for the Bears. But not the difference between those Super Bowl and not. Chuck Pagano is right. Get out of the way and let those guys recreate. There's a lot of quality players defensively for this Bears team. Just get out of the way. So I'm not worried about the defense. And I don't think that even though Bill Barnwell, and he's all into the numbers, I get it. But he thinks that there's going to be some slippage defensively with this team. I don't believe so defensively. Offensively, it's the great unknown. You may be the biggest Trubisky fan that you know. Maybe your friends are big Trubisky fans. That's only because you're clicking your heels and hoping. You don't know what we're going to see next year. Someone will make the argument that Trubisky is one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. You don't know that until you see him on the field next year, this upcoming season. We will find out, won't we? This this season will tell all you need to know about what Trubisky is because we can look at the missed field goal by Cody Parkey and the Bears should have been able to go really far in the playoffs based on its defense and having just enough offense. But you know what I've always wanted? I just want a balance. I want balance on offense and defense. That's all I want. I mean, I've, I've grown up watching Bears football more times than not with the defense being solid. 
Can the offense catch up to the defense? Come even close to the defense? Trubisky will tell you all you need. If uh, here's here's the telltale sign. Opening night against the Packers, and the Bears get to the five yard line. If we see an offensive lineman scoring, that's a problem. <laughs> that means that the offense has not grown. <laughs> if he can't punch it in with Taylor Gabriel and Robinson and all those guys, and he needs like a little razzle dazzle, little uh, shell game at the L, if he needs to be able to do those things and try to be able to score, that's a problem. I, I want to take my hat off to Nagy because Nagy saw what he saw from Trubisky and said, hmm. Mm, doesn't quite get it yet. So let me see what I can do to try to help the offense a little bit as he learns the offense. And so hopefully this offseason, training camp, as well as the upcoming season, we'll see something new from Trubisky as a quarterback. As Trubisky says himself, i got to be able to focus better. I think it could be as simple as like cleaning up in the locker room and and just like simple things like that, like keep, keeping your room neat, cleaning up in the locker room, uh, making sure you're properly warmed up this, getting the recovery, uh, eating right. So little things like that. And, and, and then when you get into the practice, for me it's like uh, huddle efficiency and just getting out of the huddle really quick so we have more time at the line of scrimmage uh, to see the defense, to dissect what they're doing and make sure everyone's on the same page so we have more opportunities to communicate in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage. So just little things like that, I think they go a really long way and I think the really great teams are, are, are good at the little things and that's what we're trying to focus on. I, I would say that's, that's the theme of uh, this camp for me and uh, really uh, my, my career up to this point we've had some uh, rookie season didn't go the way we wanted it to last year we saw a little bit of progress and uh, and that's that's the theme for this camp just steady incremental progress uh, are we getting a little bit better each day um, are we staying focused on the task at hand are we blocking out uh, everything on the outside are, are we doing our jobs are we taking care of our, our guys inside the building and are we doing the little things on a daily basis? So it's it's that getting 1% better every, every single day, and I think that's how you separate yourself in the long run, and that's kind of the theme that we're going with for this camp. If you listen very closely, Trubisky is developing a Western Pennsylvania accent. There's <laughs> a little naggy in him. Obviously, all that is a lot of naggy on his shoulder, you can tell. I think the accent is, is coming in a little bit on Trubisky. We talked about the defense before, right? Roquan Smith was on with Wadlin Sylvie. Roquan Smith is going to be one of the best linebackers the Bears have ever, has ever seen. You, you hardly ever hear me say that about any player. But Roquan Smith is going to be that guy for a dozen years. It's going to be a cornerstone player for this team. It's just going to be the guy. He's going to be tremendous. Roquan Smith talks about the defense when Vic Fangio was here. I think it starts with the guys just caring for one another, more like a family environment. Because when I first came, you know, as a rookie, you know, I held out and stuff like that. But that's behind me. And it was more of when I came, guys still welcomed me with open arms. So I knew right then I was around a, a bunch of special guys. And then once we got into the season and whatnot, I was just like, man, there's some really good players, too. So it was like just an honor for me to be on that team. What was your first uh, kind of impression of Vic Fangio, who is a fantastic coach but has a reputation of being a kind of a little bit of a, a, a gruff personality? It's <laughs> a good, good. <laughs> is that a good description? That is a good description. I, I mean, he's the type of guy I can imagine that thinks that, 
for some reason, he's got to make you work a little extra hard. A, because you didn't come to camp on time, and B, because you're a rookie, and he's an old-school coach. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely felt that he was like an old school coach. He had a uh, personality, you know. It was hard to kind of like read him in a sense. So I just, you know, said each and every day I'm gonna just come do what I have to do to, uh, to make it make it his business to put me out there. So it was more my mindset, and I was just worrying about controlling the controllables. But what about Pagano? I'm I'm excited for Chuck. Uh, Chuck, he's a personality guy, and he you know he just let the guys be themselves. So that's that's great, you know. And when you, you're looking for that, like somebody got new, you just welcoming in with open arms. And so I'm excited for everything Chuck has in store for more, us. More more of an aggressive style. That's how it's been advertised. That you guys maybe Vic wasn't as aggressive, but the play calls may be a little bit more aggressive, more blitzing, and more more exotic stuff with Chuck making the calls. Uh, that, that'll be awesome if that is the case, because I'm excited. I like the blitz. I blitz. I blitzed a lot in college, so, yeah. you know, if, that, if that's the case, I'm ready for it. If someone says to you, give me the scouting report on Roquan Smith, you give me your scouting report. Uh, just just run at him, throw at him, and, you know, then I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you want it all, right? I want it all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you like the, so you like to be right in the middle of everything. I love it. Roquan Smith, I love it, and I love him. I'm so excited to watch him play this year. He's going to be so good. Remember I said it. Mark it. He's going to be an all-time great. He's got that potential, absolutely. He's just going to be that guy. You, I'm like, you've, you've been with me for years. You hear me, never hear me say that about any player, right? He's going to be that guy. Never, never say that about any player. But I think that he's just one of those solid guys that will be around and really be able to pay dividends for a team. This hour of Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood is brought to you by the fine folks at Enzo Custom. Experience true custom and get the suit that you really want. Go to EnzoCustom.com, schedule an appointment, and get $50 off by telling them Tom Waddle sent you. We will talk Cubs with Jesse Rogers, and that is coming up next on UTA. Jonathan Hood. If you know, you know. When we all clicking like Golden State, and you and your team are the motorcade. You know, you know. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't forget the Under the Hood podcast wherever you download your podcast. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Deezer. Wherever you get your podcasts, let's make sure. Apple Podcasts, don't forget. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. You missed an episode, you missed a segment, you can subscribe, download. That way you never miss Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll have summer of football coming your way at the top of the hour as we go to Milwaukee. The Cubs get ready to take on the Milwaukee Brewers. Jesse Rogers covers the Cubs for ESPN and ABC 7 Eyewitness News, and he joins us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hello, Jess. Good evening, Jay Hood. What's up, pal? You know what's up. This Cubs team, <laughs> let me tell you, I was just going through last year's team, and we could tell what's missing here when it comes to, to depth. And, and I don't want to overrate it because I still believe in this core, but the thing is is that when you're, you're grasping at straws, here's Hap coming up, you know, Russell going down, you can just tell just the, the magic just is not there with this team. 
It's not a bad observation. I mean, you don't want to, you know, you know, spell out too much doom and gloom. But you're right; they are searching. I think that's the right word. They're still searching for the right combination, and this is the time of year where you you, you try to find it within the organization or outside the organization. Because as of next Thursday, when August first rolls around, especially this year with the one trade deadline, this is your team from August. First to October, whatever, whenever the season ends for your team, this is who you are. So this is the time of the year to figure it out. The Brewers are doing the same thing. They've got all sorts of movement. Travis Shaw is going to come up. Shasin's on the IL. Um, they got they they have their own issues. The St. Louis Cardinals are looking for help as well, but they're playing some great baseball. So this is the week. I, I have a piece running tomorrow on ESPN.com. I mean, Chris Bryan, who's just been a great, great interview at, at times this year for reporters. And uh, talked to him yesterday, and he, he he didn't downplay it. I mean, sometimes guys will say, well, it's only it's July. He said, no, this could be a defining week for us, and it's really more than a week when you consider three here in Milwaukee, three down in St. Louis, then three against Milwaukee back at Wrigley Field. So it's really ten days where the trade deadline falls right in the middle there. Game two against St. Louis will we'll, we'll have the trade deadline. So... Uh, by game three of that series, both teams could have additions, who knows, or subtractions. So I love it. I love this time of year. I love the fact that uh, it's a 60-game season now. St. Louis and Chicago are tied. Milwaukee is two games behind them. Um, this is a fun time of year if you're a fan. I know you'd like a 10-game lead, but if you're not going to have a 10-game lead, at least be in the mix, and the Cubs certainly are that. Jesse Rogers covers the Cubs for ESPN. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, I want to ask you about Chris Bryant because – did it start with him saying, you know, kind of dissing St. Louis? This, does this seem like a different Brian to you on the record? Because it's good because there's some leadership there. There's someone that's, that's a little bit outspoken, telling you the truth. That's a good thing. Yeah, it really is. So I, I, I implore people to read that piece tomorrow because there's, there's more than just one quote from him. But he really has become, in some ways, um, I don't want to call him the mouthpiece of the clubhouse, but this is all just very lately. Here's the progression since you asked. In spring training, he was very outspoken. He talked a lot about his struggles from last year and the injuries and all that. Then he got off to that slow start, and everybody seemingly piled on him, and unfairly because the guy basically missed most of last year um, even though he was taking at bats, he wasn't himself. He was favoring his shoulder. He he just didn't have his timing, let alone the injury. So he had to get that back. He finally did, but he kind of he kind of went uh, he was he went dark a little bit. He went quiet a little bit in April and May. But then slowly but surely, he started to come back out of his shell, uh, be himself more. And I think he's taken off at the plate and in the field as well. I think he is, he is relaxed after that rough start and all the attention it garnered. He is relaxed. So on the field, he's been great. Off the field, he's been great. He's just himself. And when you can be yourself, I mean, you Darvish is, is experienced this as well. When you can just be yourself, it helps a whole lot more in a game that is very mental. So I think that's what we're seeing out of Chris Bryant. He's just relaxed and being himself, and it's showing up in all facets on and off the field. I'd like to see if Kinsler's going to get more of those opportunities that we saw late here because that's that only makes sense. And it's funny because numbers lie. I've seen the numbers on Strope. It, it, it's, it's not bad, Jesse. It's just as of late, he's just unreliable. And like every inning, every uh, matchup matters here. And so i like to see Kinsler in that spot. How, how uh, likely is that to happen? Yeah, what did I say on the air the other day? I don't know if it was to you or one of the other shows. It's going to be a subtle change. All of a sudden yesterday in the seventh inning it was Strope, and then the eighth inning was Kinsler. So it gives them a little bit more leeway, a little less pressure on Strope. If he does 
give up a run or two. The Cubs have several at-bats, whether they're home or on the road, to recover from it. So I, I, I don't see why it would change. I mean, Brandon Kinsler's numbers jump off the page. And forget that. Just watch. The eye test tells you I mean, the ball has movement. Kyle Hendricks doesn't throw 95, but he has movement. Nothing beats movement, right? right. If you throw 98 and straight, you could get hit. And if you throw 93 in straight, like Strope is, you're really going to get hit. But if you have movement at any speed, that's the key. Greg Maddox went to the Hall of Fame using that, that kind of thought, you know, that kind of pitching. So you're seeing great movement out of Kinsler, not so much out of Strope's fastball. It is, it is a straight and uh, fastball, which is now at 93-94 instead of 95-96. His slider, is cutter, is that's, that's still good stuff there. It's still decent enough. It's not like... You know, he needs to be banished, but a little bit of a lesser role, a little bit less pressure, a little bit more uh, margin for error for the Cubs if, if he does give up a run or whatever the case may be. I, I kind of like it how it is. We'll see if Madden continues on this course. I don't see why he wouldn't. you got to ride Kinsler a little bit. That guy's been great. Have you heard off the record with a wink and a nod the, from someone that feels that it was best for Russell to go down? Because we talked about the, you know, maybe the dark cloud or, you know, around his own locker, you know, again, the mistakes that he's made. And someone said, hey, you know what, this is good for the ball club. Not in so many words, but I know what you're getting at. Not in so many words. Come on, but Jesse, I give me a little something, I, huh? No, I, I mean, it's only been 24 hours since he went down. It all happened kind of quickly because of Lester's illness. I still contend if Lester isn't sick, there's a real good chance Russell's still on the team. There's just a a myriad of things that, that happened there because they needed the extra pitcher with Chatwood pressed into duty. They chose Russell to go down. I'm not sure Russell goes down if Lester isn't ill. So, But I think they presented themselves an opportunity to see what this team would look like without him, and now they'll see what it looks like with Hap. So it's no Russell, yes on Hap, and let's see what the mix feels like. Let's see what the production looks like. Now, um, you have a guy that can play outfield and infield and probably is as hungry as heck to stay up here. So it, you're right. I mean, it, it, it changes the vibe. It changes the vibe. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's addition by subtraction. I'm sure a lot of fans feel that way. Um, but the moment that they have some bad uh, up-the-middle defense, people might miss Addison Russell for all I know. So let, let's see. There's no doubt in the moment he was playing terrible. I mean, it's not like he deserved to stay up here. Uh, but they do have to cover up on defense without him, and uh, we'll see if what Hap can bring to the table. Um, but no, no, none of these guys are as good defensively as, as Russell. We know that, but, but I think the Cubs are thinking they're going to benefit in other areas. So, you know, you may not be wrong. Obviously, the guy was struggling big time. I just, uh, just want to know if there was a wink and a nod, and you gave me the answer. That's a good soundbite right there. I just <laughs> did a wink and a nod. That's what I wanted to know. I, I mean, not as much as you might think. That's, I, honestly, I, I'm, I'm not sure because – uh, I don't think he goes down if, if Lester is healthy. I'm, I'm just going to say that. The way it all played out, he was around the team yesterday before they sent them down. Usually they would tell the guy the night before. So I just feel like they they had it on their mind, and, and they went that direction once once Chatwood was pressed into duty because they didn't want to subtract a pitcher. But anyway, it is what it is. They're probably better off with him in the minors right now. Madden uh, spoke very highly of Garcia, likes the – I guess you know, it's the swing rate or just the idea of how it, how it sounds when he, when he gets off the bat. He really likes Garcia. Uh, as he tries to use him as often as possible, right? Yeah, right now I think you're right. I think you're right. He kind of reminds me of Ian Happ a little bit when he first came up. There's some pop there, but there is some swing and miss. He's striking out uh, at a, and walking at a 6-to-1 ratio, not in a good way. Six strikeouts for every walk. 
Uh, but the extra base hits play. He's got four homers, a couple triples. I think you ride him until, if on, I should I should say, if and when the league figures him out. You know, they get a scouting report on him. I joked the other day on the air. You know, they'd have to get the, the tapes from Italy to have a real scouting report <laughs> on him. So, I mean, he is surprised in the league right now. But he does remind me of Ian Happ in the sense that he has some pop switch hitter who has some swing and miss. But I think you ride him at second a little bit. And uh, maybe Hap gets some run in center, a little bit at second, um, and we'll see where that brings us. But uh, I don't think Ian Hap's any savior here. I just think, hey, it's time. He's had a good July. Let's bring him up. We've got a week to the deadline. Who knows what scouts are looking at? Maybe there's some deals in play here. And, again, you have to figure out what you have in your team, within your team, what your needs are before next Wednesday because the one trade deadline is going to be so interesting at this point. The Cubs can cross off the extra catcher situation. They picked up Maldonado. They still need some help now. Uh, They still need some help, though, between here and Wednesday, and that is in the bullpen and at the plate. Joe prefers a bat over an arm. If you had to pick one, he would take an extra bat right now. Interesting um, uh, road trip here, Milwaukee and then St. Louis. It is Hendricks, Lester, Quintana, right? That's, That's the lineup? Yep, uh, sounds like Lester is, is, is you know, working in the right direction in terms of getting healthy. He had a little fever there, so they moved some things around. I didn't check, you know, I think Quintana's on seven days rest. I have to check what his numbers are with those extra. It does seem like the couple times, Jay Hood, when they've been able to give somebody the extra day or two, it, they, they point towards Quintana. And he's had more success with the extra day. Like, I don't think Lester really wants the extra day. I think Quintana has shown that he needs it. Um, early on, they weren't getting that extra day for him, and he, and he was tiring a little bit. Uh, lately, All-Star break um, obviously provides that extra day, and here they're doing it as well because of the, the Lester illness and the day off. They're giving Katana the extra time, and uh, well, let's see how that plays out on Sunday. Hendricks tomorrow against Gio Gonzalez, who is just back from injury himself. Second start for him, and the Cubs have been awful against him. His numbers against the Cubs no matter what team he's on, has been have been great. So, nineteen and twenty nine on the road, Jay Hood. You just want to start off, you know, on the right foot here in the first game of a series on the road. They haven't been able to do that lately. Tomorrow will be interesting. I, I understand that August is right around the corner, Jess, and people always need a good uh, book to read in August. Do you have any well, suggestions? That's when, that's when you go to cottage, right? I know yes. Jay Hood. You got you. You go to cottage, or you go to the coast. Uh, yes. You know, um, you've got homes all over the place, and you, you why not pick up a book to read a, a lot, while you're lounging at the beach or the pool? Try not to suck. The definitive bio on Joe Madden. Who knows? Could be his last year as Cubs manager. Mm-hmm. Why not learn a little something about him? Amazon or or your local bookstore. All right, time to, for the casino, Jess. As always, I appreciate it. <laughs> that's not a bad idea, actually. I will talk to you. Uh, I don't know, this weekend or next week, but we'll talk soon. All right, my friend. There he is, Jesse Rogers, who covers the Cubs for ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN Shy Cubs. One question next. Jonathan Hood. So pay attention to my word, because it's the true fruit. Meditation is the mind. It brings the youth. It's like a verse you could never read out of a book. Dropping the line in your mind like a fish hook. On ESPN 1000. You guys lose this game, or did the Jazz win this one? Time for one question. What? With Jonathan Hood. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Just one question. Oh, there's one more thing. On ESPN 1000. It's time for one question with me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000. The ESPN app will have Summer of Football 
as we talk about the five things I'm looking forward to with the Bears this upcoming season at 8.05 here on ESPN 1000. Tales from the Hood at uh, 8.35 here on ESPN 1000. But it's one question. Sometimes people just don't have time for a full interview, but they do have time for one question. So we went through the R's. We went through the L's. Felix said, keep going, keep going. Go through your address book. Find someone. Oh, the S's. Stop right there. Three-time NBA champion, we found Stacy King. And he joins us here for one question with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. Hello, Stacy. What's going on, Jay Hood? You know what's going on, man. A beautiful summer. That's what's going oh, on. Oh, it is a great summer. Great summer. My friend, are you ready for one question? You know what? I was I was brought to my attention about this one question thing. It got me a little nervous. <laughs> Everybody's nervous. <laughs> got me a little nervous, man. I, you know, I don't know what kind of question you want to ask, brother. One question, I got one answer. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I wouldn't ask you anything personal. I would text you on that. I would ask okay, you okay, okay. All right, that makes me. That makes it a little bit better. Then. <laughs> okay, it would be that. Okay, Stacy King. Here is your one question, sir. One question <clears throat> is. Uh, who is the strangest teammate, college or pro, that you played with or against? Oh, wow. I mean, that's huh. – I've had quite a few players. I, I would probably say – I would probably just say the strangest teammate was probably J.R. Ryder in Minnesota. <laughs> um, and the reason the reason why I would say that because he was enormous talent. He was one of, the, one of the most talented kids I'd ever played with. But some of the things he did off the court um, – <laughs> are legendary in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can think of a couple off the top of my head when, you know, we're, we're supposed to be down there for the game like two hours before the game. Guys are getting themselves mentally prepared, watching film or whatever. You know, J.R. was always, you know, he was really known for being late to everything. And there was a time where it was like my first week there. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of new, you know, being in the Chicago Bull, you know, everything is, you know, structured. Mm-hmm. You have structure there and, and discipline and everyone's where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. And you go to Minnesota and it's kind of totally different. You know, you got Christian Leitner there. You got all this, this, this stuff that's going on that has nothing to do with basketball. So I remember the first week I was there and it was probably about maybe 15, 20 minutes before tip off before we went out. Coach was talking. And then J.R. Ryder just walks right in the locker room 15, 20 minutes before the game started and looked at us like we were like we were early. You know, and I'm just sitting there like, does this guy know we had a game tonight? Like, are you serious? You know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember one time, this is a funny story, I remember one time since he was late all the time, I remember a radio station playing a joke on him. And, um, you know, they, he had been partying the night before. Um, and, and he was supposed to be at the radio station at a certain time to do an interview. So they wanted to make sure that he wasn't late. So they put this life-size alarm clock, you know, one of those big <laughs> clocks, like you, you really wind up, right. and it, the, big, the two bells on the side. I mean, it's huge. It was huge. It was life-size. And they put it on the outside of his front door. And so then when it, you know, reached a certain clock, like, say, 9 o'clock, it just went off. And it sounded like, you know, a fire alarm. It sounded like, you know, you know, it's just the bell rang so loud <laughs> that, you know, he came flying out of the house, like thinking it's like the house was on fire or something. And uh, literally it was just like he's really upset about it. But it was it was funny to all of us because <laughs> we know that he's always late to everything. And, and what better way to try to make sure he's not late by putting a life-size alarm clock <laughs> in his front porch. 
you can write a book about Minnesota. He's alone. All oh, your money. You can oh, oh, man. I, I, I remember. Here's one more story. It's like, like I remember that when I got traded there, um, they had to play Houston that night, the next night. And so the coach had called me, Sidney Lowe, said, hey, you know, if you get your physical, do you want to play in the game, you know, tomorrow? I go, yeah, I want to play as soon as possible. So I got my physical. He said, we're going to meet over at the Target Center, and we're going to walk through the game plan for the night and try to get you as up to speed as possible so you can get out there and play for us. So I said, great. So I thought it was a normal shoot-around because I've always been to, you know, win with the Bulls. It's always shoot-arounds at a certain time. We're either the first team or the last team to take shoot-around. You go an hour. You walk through things, you get some shots up, you go back, you know, you go back to your house and get ready for the game later on that night. Mm-hmm. So I assumed that every team did that. So I come to the I come to the shoot around and normally when I was in Chicago, the shoot around was at ten o'clock. Guys were in the in the gym at eight, eight thirty. They were getting lifting, they were getting treatment. You know, guys were there before the prescribed time. So I'm used to that. And so I got there, you know, I got there like nine o'clock, an hour hour and a half before shoot around. And there's no one there. There's no one getting treatment. So I'm like, wow, this is really weird. But maybe they just, you know, maybe they, they come in late. So all of a sudden, 10 o'clock rolls around, and it's time for shooting round. And there's only two players there. It was Mike Brown, the Brown Bear, who used to play for the Bulls mm-hmm. back in the day. And then Doug West was there. And, and me. So there's three players. So we didn't have enough people, enough players to do the walkthrough. So the coaching staff went and got people off treadmills because that's when their their practice facility was in the health club. So they went and got people off the treadmill. They brought the the equipment manager out there to be Clyde Drexler, and they, they brought people. They were mimicking the Houston the Houston Rockets, and then we had guys you know mimic the guys who were going to be starters for our team, like Christian Leitner, J.R. Ryder, and we had walkthrough with just like regular people. And I just like, oh my god, like. <laughs> What have I got myself into? And then I remember Mike Brown telling me, he says, hey, get used to it. You haven't seen nothing yet. And he wasn't lying. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And that, my friends, is one question. You're listening to my mans and them. Just some men that's on the mic. And when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. Right? Jay Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Brown Bear.